right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a ruckus. You describe the ruckus, sir? Does this mean we're not friends anymore? <laughs> I'm in my prime. I'm out of your mind. Ain't it cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. What up, everyone? DJ Anubis. And DJ Neko. Episode 105 of the Hordes of Chaos on the Metal Town Radio Podcast. I'm here with the very lovely DJ Neko. Oh, I'm very lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a lot, not really, well, we a lot to get to, but most of it's like tidbits here and yeah, there. Yeah, we're not going to have like giant discussions like we have been having. <laughs> no. I mean, most of these are, are more like fun topics and interesting topics uh, about friends of ours who have um, who have projects and things that we started watching that we enjoy. Um, just fun types of things that are going mean, to scratch your fun, entertainment but... itch. No, we've been having a lot of serious discussions. Yeah, true. We have had some, like, downers and, you know, just more serious things. So we are trying. We, well, I wouldn't say trying, but well, we, I we think, got lucky this week that everything seems to be on a high note. <laughs> I think, too, like, uh, you and I were just discuss, discussing in our pre-show meeting, um, COVID uh, fatigue is is really hitting people right now. And I was just talking about people I know who I don't even think have left their house because of COVID, like at all. They get everything delivered, they haven't left, um, and they're not necessarily like sick. They don't have family members that are sick. They're just, they've got this COVID anxiety. And I feel like when you kind of sit in that mindset, it really, you don't really get to enjoy like, we were talking about some of the positives that we have really enjoyed about COVID. Like, everyone around us, and we're very fortunate that we um, live near lots of things, but all of the stores around us, even if they weren't offering delivery before, they're offering delivery now. They're offering curbside pickup. You can get groceries delivered. You can get beer delivered. Um, to us, that's a positive. And then we've been lucky enough to get lots of little 
shows released or just find shows that we've never heard of and like really dig into them well yeah it's it's given people the ability even more now with you know everyone staying home to start creating their own now granted a lot of people that we follow now have actually been doing their youtube you know stuff for a few years but, but it gave us the opportunity to find it yeah find it check them out follow them and be engaged with them um for instance, if you remember before I had stopped the podcast, I had done it for a while um, when the radio station on the net was still going before I stopped it for a while. But we, I had a couple of guest DJs doing their own podcast. One was uh, Crash, who had done his uh, progressive uh, rock and metal stuff. We're going to need to get him back to do a little show. And then our radio res, Jason Griffith, who had also done some stuff, he is now back, but not really necessarily part of uh, Metal Tavern, but he's got his own show he's doing now, and he's got it on Podbean. And it's, it's literally called Radio Res. Yep, so it's... R-A-D-I-O-R-E-S. Yep, uh, .podbean.com. He's got his first episode up, and he's a very lovely guy, took the time to give thanks to us and shout out to us and his, his debut uh, show being back. So And he's, I mean, he's been a good friend of ours for years. We, we you know, everybody's like, oh, I, I met people through such a, we met a lot of our friends and we are nerds anyway, but this was back during the message boards days. That's how we met Crash. That's how we met Radio Res. Um, that's how we met Herman. And that's fine. We're okay with that because over the years we've cultivated these relationships all because we enjoy music together. Mm -hmm. And we've gone to, to festivals and I swear to God, eventually, Herman, we will get to, I mean, especially after COVID lifts, I don't even know if we can get into the Netherlands right now, but I mean, I've got a passport burning a hole in my pocket. I haven't been able to travel with my job and... You know, now I've got a new job, and I'm not going to be traveling anymore. We're going to get to the fucking Netherlands. Scotty would love it. It's, yeah. no, it's nothing but cows and tulips and hookers and, and marijuana. It's the most wonderful place in the world. <laughs> but uh, we got to make sure uh, MDF happens. So I know right now they're planning on 2022, but I'm kind of crossing my fingers that 21 somehow finds a way to get I don't know it. if that's going to be a possibility, baby. They haven't lifted any of the... I know. They can't get the people in. Like, they can't, it takes sometimes weeks to get, um, what do you, not passports, um, shit, the other thing. Um, it takes weeks sometimes to get bands from out of the country to be able to get their, um, permission to work here and, and get their, you know, all of their immigration, it's not immigration, I don't know what the right word is, but they can't get into the country. Because of visas. Cause yeah, because yeah, of the visas, thank you, visas, and, co and COVID, because COVID, like, there's still travel restrictions going on right now. But we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, for Radio Res with Jason Griffith, um, he throws a different, a lot of different bands at you, a lot of different sounds, so some of the stuff on his debut is uh, Bolt Thrower, Mantar, I Hate God, Paul Bearer. Uh, music hates you, tribulation, uh, druck, and seal and ardor. So he, he's giving you a lot of different things to take in. It sounds very much like uh, Radio Res. Yeah, it's very <laughs> much his. Uh... And he admits, you know, he's not going to spend time like we do to talk different topics. But he, you know, but that's that's what I love about everything is everyone has their own style, style way they're doing things, um, and that's good. That's you want your own niche so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you and I, I think sometimes just, in, this is, 
being recorded, but it's almost like we're having a conversation together, but we just turn on the, uh, we just turn on the microphone and we would have conversations like this just sitting in the living room together. Yeah. Um, also, as we mentioned, uh, one of the YouTube personalities that we follow is the Fat Set. That's Fat Samurai Guy and Lady Fat Blood. Ooh. And they do a uh, bunch of movie reviews, uh, reaction trailers, discussions. They have versus stuff. Now they have a lot going on. But they now have their own uh, merch site, uh, which is done sort of neat, where both of them are used as like comic book characters, on whether it's sweatshirts, t-shirts, uh, masks. Uh, they got all sorts of different things going on, uh, which is very cool, but the way it's done up is very much in a comic book style. Almost reminds me a little bit of a uh, Sin City type thing going on there. So how do we get, how do we find them? They are, that well their merch is on teespring.com backslash fat-samurai-guy.comic-book. So really, once you do like the first teespring.com backslash fat samurai, you'll probably find it will pull right up. That's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm on teespring.com. Oh, I need this hoodie. Totally good. Yeah, you gotta type in the rest of it. You can't just go to teespring. So teespring.com backslash P-H-A-T and then see what happens. Alright, let's see. P-H-A-T. It's thinking. No. It's pretty hot and tempting. It came... All right, we'll do fat and dash samurai. So, I mean, they probably... Teespring probably has a lot of people that they work with, so... S-A-M-U-R-A-I dash guy. Mm-hmm. And that should work. I, I did just like the first two and it came up. Uh-oh, we couldn't find the page you were looking for. Hmm. I don't know. It so we got to find a way to get his... He needs a, a, he needs to have, does he have a, um, on his YouTube page, does he have a link or on oh, the yeah, Facebook yeah. page? Yeah, if you go to his YouTube page or his uh, Facebook pages, Twitter, he, he has links everywhere for you to find, so. Alright, that Fat Samurai guy on Facebook, and if you go to his page, he, um, they, he likes to talk nerdy stuff like we do. Oh, yeah. And here it is, right here. What's going on, all you horror movie maniacs? Yeah, I Merch think he's live right open. now, actually. So he's doing his, uh, he got, he's got a lot of shows. He does works with a lot of other YouTube personalities doing reviews and stuff. So he's been very busy uh, doing that stuff, which is very cool. Um, and then also I want to give a shout out to Len Kabasinksi, who we did uh, talk about a little bit. He was on the Fat Samurai Guy. They were interviewing him. Yep, and he's working on a new movie called Pact of Vengeance. And I discussed with Neko and you all that... I became a patron to help kind of uh, finance, help him finance his next project, and he sent us a patch and a poster with oh, the that's, sign. Oh, that's what, I didn't know you became a Patreon. That's yep. awesome. See, I um, I thought you just you know donated one time. No, nope. it's really fun to become Patreons. I mean, even if you're only doing like a twenty dollar Patreon or a ten dollar Patreon. Actually, his was like five bucks. Really? I mean, yeah, it's relatively cheap, and he Is was more than willing. He's, He's a very humble guy. the poster. Yeah, yeah, exactly how I wanted it. So I uh, put it out to DJ Newis and DJ Neko. So I, I, that's so super cool. The artwork that he uses for his movies are, are really, really nice. Uh, grindhouse 
sort of like old school martial arts looking stuff so it's it's very cool and i very much appreciate it from lynn for doing that for us if we don't support independent artists you know not all of them are able to fucking bankroll their own stuff like i mean look at lou she's been writing for years and she's been self is she self-published or I don't, I don't know no she does have a publisher i think um but she has to do all of her own you know promotion oh, yeah. and everything and I still haven't gotten to her last book. <laughs> Which one? The Darkened Wings Flutter? You didn't finish that one? I never really started that one yet, and I don't think... Because Banished is upstairs. Banished I didn't read yet. I should read it. Her books are really good. I can finish them like in a day and a half. I actually love her. I just... Man, I'm just horrible yeah. when it comes to reading. I had to finish when we were reading Hellhound. Like, I read it in two days. I was away, and I read it. And I read it on my Kindle. And he was reading it. He has the paperback. I come home after being gone for three months. He still didn't finish the book. And I'm like, okay, how can I help? I read the book to him. <laughs> I think that helps you, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I got a lot going on, man. Uh, I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Anywho, we've got like a lot of good music coming your way. Uh, stuff Definitely got stuff from Inverse Records, uh, Metal Devastation Radio, Vlad... Uh, Hard Life Promotions, uh, I believe, a bar in there as well, yep. And, of course, some new stuff as well. So we're going to kick it off, though, with some Slaughter Messiah. This is Pouring Chaos, and we'll be back right after this. Yeah. 
Road from Venus, a fresh metal band from Chile, and you are listening to Metal Table Radio. Alright, DJ Newis back with you. And DJ Neko. That was Abstract with Either Storms, and that was provided by Inverse Records. Many thanks for you for that. So, one of the uh, new series that we discovered via the Fat Samurai guy mm-hmm. was Warrior. And that sort of came about because some people were. I don't want to say upset, but they were kind of annoyed that Cobra Kai was getting so much attention uh, versus this show, which Warrior's been out. They have now two seasons now. Actually, yeah, two seasons right now. I try and get them confused. Two, two seasons, and they started on um, Cinemax. Yeah. So, obviously, Warrior uh, is also like another martial arts type of uh, TV series, but. We've come to learn, you know, we've only like two episodes in with the first season, but it's very different than Cobra Kai. So the fact that people are kind of upset about it doesn't make a lot of sense because neither show is, they're not even close to one another in terms of how they present themselves. Cobra Kai has, as you said, a lot of nostalgia. It's campy. Yeah. It's funny. It's fun. Um, it's a little bit more designed for, you know, the teenagers and early 20-somethings and, of course, those who grew up with the Karate Kid movies. But Warrior is a little bit more serious take on things. Uh, what was the time period we said this was? Um, so this takes place around the 1870s. 1870s. And the best way to think of it is, like, if you've ever seen Gangs in New York, that's what's happening on the East Coast. Warriors is what's happening on the West Coast. It's all around the same time-ish You see um, how the immigrants are coming into the country. You're seeing, like, you see especially in the gangs of New York, like, uh, how the Irish are being really treated poorly. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, prejudice and... Well, then you see, like, how they kind of rank themselves. So what they're kind of inferring, too, like, with this, is a lot of the Irish people started going west, especially, like, after the gold rush, and they start establishing different areas in um excuse me california and this happens to take place in san francisco there are a a huge irish excuse me um a a huge irish immigrant area there that um they're kind of inferring came over like to make a new life that's what a lot of people were doing moving west but what they're also you're also seeing is a lot of Chinese immigrants coming in because now is when the railroad is being, you know, um, you're getting the transcontinental railroad, and they're purposely bringing in the Chinese immigrants for their labor, cheap labor. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you know, in the midst of all this, you have Irishmen that are like getting really upset because they're losing jobs to the cheap labor and of course in the midst of all this uh character ah uh played by andrew koji uh is a martial arts expert from foshan who travels to san francisco and serves his younger sister uh zale ying uh so basically the minute he arrives he's picked up by i forget who this other guy is He's sort of this, like, facilitator between 
new recruits, was they call onions. Yeah, they call them um, <laughs> spicy onions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, they, you know, he takes them and he introduces them to what is called the Tongs, and they're like the biggest gang in this area. And uh, he's basically hired as like uh, meat or, you know, fighter, scrapper, as they call them. And uh, it does have another uh, big name in it that you'll recognize, Joe Tasm, who we've discussed in regards to the Mortal Kombat movie coming out. He's actually the one playing Sub-Zero. Uh, he's in this as well. It has a very strong cast. The acting's been pretty good, and it's also been surprisingly caught me off guard. It's gory, and it's got a lot of nudity, which, you know, it's not that important, but it, the fact that they're doing it the way they are is pretty impressive. Uh, they're not shying away from anything. Uh, as Neko said, it used to be on Cinemax. It's been picked up by HBO Max. So. Which I think HBO Max is picking up a lot of Cinemax stuff. Like, I think they've kind of combined. And basically, Cinemax said, when COVID started, they said, we are canceling all of our live action shows. We're not even going to attempt it because it's expensive. It's a nightmare. We saw what happened with some shows where it's like they take a long break and you get like one episode. Right. Or they can't finish an episode so they do it like half-assed. We, um... With this, Cinemax just is not cutting it because they're not um, happy with the results because it was doing pretty well. It's just that they didn't want to have to deal with the COVID headache of... The, I mean, this is a big cast. You've got a lot of extras. There's a lot of sweating and fighting and fake blood yeah, and decapitations. Much like Gangs of New York, the settings and the the backdrops of what they're doing is really well done. It, it looks like the time period. You're, you're getting authentic-looking stuff here. And as she said, um, I think part of the problem is, like, with Cinemax... I recently just read that Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, which had two seasons, has now been canceled by uh, CBS All Access. Mm -hmm. One of the problems that these networks are facing is that there's people, like, it's kind of weird because you and I now are basically watching a la carte, and we like mm -hmm. this. And we're liking it now. Um, so we're finding certain apps for our Roku that we like for HBO Max, Netflix, Shudder. Uh, Amazon Prime, whatever. But that means that you have to leave some out because if they don't have enough content to compete with what we like or have enough on there, this is probably what's happening and they have to cut loose some of these shows. And that's probably why HBO Max said, well, you know what, we're doing pretty well. Let's go and take this show and we'll run with that. And they're saying that maybe because HBO Max is hot. Yeah. They're taking movies that are out right now. Um... I think that after COVID kind of chills out, there may be a possibility for this to come back because it's got a nice following to it. I mean, this was envisioned by Bruce Lee years ago, and his daughter now Shannon is Lee. is uh, mm -hmm. producing and directing some of it. And I think that it's turning out just... What did you say about... Um, oh, uh, the guy who plays Sub-Zero. I forgot the his Joe name. Joe Tazla. Yeah, yeah, Joe Tazla. He, you said he even was kind of doing a little Bruce Lee style mm -hmm, while mm -hmm. he was was fighting. And yeah, between him and Koji, both of them seem to use a lot of uh, the, the movements that Bruce was using. Now, I don't know if that was intentional or just a nod to uh, Shannon's father or anything like that. 
Uh, but the choreography is great. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of this in the Mortal Kombat movie, too, because, you know, we've got similar actors here uh, working with that film. So, uh, this is actually all done under what's called the Bruce Lee Entertainment. So, they clearly have made, like, an actual company based off of Bruce and, like, whatever vision. This, this whole concept was Bruce's idea. Um, now, whether or not he would have gotten away of creating it to where it is right now back then, we don't know. Um, obviously, the technology and time passing, it just things get a little more improved. Um, but I think if Bruce were alive today, he'd probably love the shit out of this. Like, he would just love it because of what it represents. I think he would, too. And you know how um, we always talk about old Godzilla versus new Godzilla? Not that we don't love the old and we're going to get to that later. <laughs> not, not that we don't love the old Godzilla movies, just like we don't love the we love the old martial arts movies, but when you have the capabilities that you have now to pull in like um Joe Taslim, he's an international judo champion, gold medal, and he did it from like night well, let me look at look it up, give you the exact dates. Yeah, it was like it was 1997 to 2009. Yeah. An international judo champ. That's what he's known for, and he used to. He's done stunts and things. So you're pulling people, and I noticed they did that with Mortal Kombat. A lot of the people in Mortal Kombat are, you know, actual martial artists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the girl who plays Melina, she has like two acting credits. So they really went with people who they thought represented the care and that's what you get now you have all this access to people internationally you can really pull from lots yeah look you know neck and i we we love christopher lambert and yes we do you know it, it's like there's parts of us that love that original mortal Kombat movie because of the fun that it represented uh it was the first in- incarnation of mortal Kombat that we got to see so it sort of gets that pass because it's still kind of fun but now that we've seen the trailer for the new one, we've seen that they've taken it up a notch by like tenfold. Like we now have the fatalities, <coughs> the graphics and CGI is much better to work with now than it was back then. Like there's a scene in the trailer with Goro, more likely all CGI, but it looks like kind of like we talked about with Godzilla, fluid. It, 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 the movements aren't like awkward and all this other stuff and the the ice and everything yeah, and that's yeah. what i'm kind of getting at with all these um this this show it's beautifully choreographed so you've got like all the best people choreographing but there are scenes where like people are getting decapitated yeah. and back in the day you could definitely tell that there's a big old fake head rolling around this yeah. looks like because so, the dude's just like in the middle of a sentence and his head gets cut off like it was yeah, Perfect. Yeah, there's like, you know, there's scenes where like just even an ear's loss or something. Attention to detail is like very good in the show. But And if you like prostitutes and you like sex, yeah, there's plenty of that for you too. Yeah, uh, yeah. so like we're only two episodes in, but we're pretty hooked right now. I mean, we've kind of lost our way with the alienist, but I'm sure we'll get back to it at some point. But uh, right now I think we're kind of hooked on Warrior. It's... it's a lot of fun so far so we're gonna see where it takes us obviously it has all these twists and turns and you don't know who to trust and it's it's almost a mystery along with everything else that's going on because we don't know exactly who's pulling what strings where and why so definitely it's called warrior on hbo max Mm -hmm. definitely check it out you're gonna like it 
Uh, like I said, the fight scenes are great. Uh, if you like martial arts and stuff like that. Uh, before we even went into this, we didn't even know that Lee and his family was involved in it in any way. So the fact that Bruce's ideas and his daughter are kind of... Yeah, it was kind of like fun for us. We're like, oh my god, it says, it says like Bruce right. Lee right there. Right, like when Fat Samurai Guy was crowing about it, he never even mentioned any of that stuff. So it's nice to kind of find those tidbits out. I know. So, check it out. Do it. And we're going to get back to some music here. I uh, got some new lockdown, abiotic, and we're going to kick it off with some proud on. This is trauma.
Hey everyone, this is Dizzy Infernal from the Friends of the Satanic Temple, Western New York, to let you know about our virtual hellathon and fundraising event, Baphomet's Ball, featuring nine different bands of different genres. The event starts February 15th at 6 p.m. and will run on repeat for 666 hours. It's filled with bad jokes, good bands, and really cool artwork for your donations. The event itself is free on the satanictemple.tv, so tune in whenever, laugh, cringe, and donate it if you feel like it. We hope to see you there. But in the meantime, keep listening to Metal Tavern Radio and Hail Satan. Alright, we are back. Hail Satan, motherfuckers. Yeah? Hail Satan. Must have been Satan. It was Satan. Satan? (laughs) Say what? Satan was here. (laughs) oh shit I know I always love on um what is that from that the fat samurai guy shows when it's Tim Curry is oh yeah the darkness yeah I love that it's so funny (laughs) and now he uses it like just anytime he wants to make fun of some shit I know it's the greatest thing ever uh speaking of which um samurai guy has a sidekick Lady Fat Blood, although she'd probably say that Samurai is a sidekick. <laughs> she's really pretty too. I love. I just. She's got like a really cool haircut and. Yeah, they're, they're the cool thing is they're metalheads and they're big movie, but you know, fans like we are, and generally like the same things we like. Not every time, but uh, most of it. But uh, it, Samurai was kind of doing a live chat, I think, at one point the other night, and. Uh, Occasionally, it's funny because Lady Fatblood's like either walking by or you know doing something around the house. But then she sits down sometimes, and like she was sitting there with him, and uh, he started talking about some of the issues. Like when there's this big internet beef. If you haven't heard, the big beef is what's the big beef? Who's got the big beef? Well, I got the big beef, but yeah, hot beef injection. Right. The the beef though is that. Fans of DC and Justice League and the Snyder Cut that, you know, came out or is coming out, uh, you know, they released a trailer for it. And everyone hated the other cut, the Joss Whedon one. So they're waiting for Snyder's cut. Now, granted, for me, the last Snyder film I even liked was Watchmen, and that's 2009. So I haven't really liked anything he's done since then. Uh, so I think he's a bit overrated for my people. But either way... People were excited because he's adding more footage in there, and it's like a four-hour movie now <laughs> than what it was. Well, that's that's Snyder for you, right? But I don't know if that's. Even I mean, I watched fix the, the director's problem. cut of fucking Watchmen, and I was it was like an all-day experience. <laughs> but when that happened, it was the same day, I believe, or a day after that Godzilla and Kong trailer got released, and that shit blew up, mm-hmm. like obviously. And apparently all the Snyder cunts, as as, uh, Rob from uh, the Entertainment Network calls it, (laughs) the Snyder cunt fans were, like, upset because it was taking all the thunder away from uh, Zack Snyder's, you know, Justice League cut of the Justice League. So there was that big beef there with that. Then, just a few days later, Mortal Kombat releases its trailer. And it blows the fucking doors mm-hmm. off of Justice League. 
so now, like, you have all these DC fans, like, freaking the fuck out, and they're... They're just mad they're not getting their due. Well, they're trolling and yelling at, you know, why, why you gotta, like, release MK trailer and Godzilla and Kong trailer now, man? Like, it's taking all our steam away. Like, they're just being big bitches about it I mean, it maybe all. if you made a better movie, you could create your own steam. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, look... It, it's okay. Like Fat Samurai guy kind of said best is that you can you can like both, like Marvel yeah. and DC and everything. So you can like all three films, but like there's a reason why Godzilla and Kong and Mortal Kombat are big deals. Like it really is. Like you've got Kong and Godzilla haven't fought since 1962, and Mortal Kombat. We've been waiting years for this very thing, this very kind of like interpretation of the game from what we can tell with the trailer. So there's reason to be excited about that. Now, we've seen parts of Justice League that was done once. Obviously, Snyder's going to add some of his own shit in there, but we've already kind of seen that movie. And to be honest... I mean, I didn't even I didn't even want to watch it. I'm trying to think what was the last... I think I watched... What did I watch? What's the last DC movie? I didn't even really watch the first Wonder Woman. I watched a little bit of the new Wonder Woman. Um... Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you were listening to the new Wonder mm -hmm. Woman. I told you that was like just atrocious. Like the new, the first Wonder Woman was like actually better than the second one. But uh, did you watch Batman vs Superman with me when Wonder Woman shows up at the end? Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember it. It was so bad. Right, and that's the thing. Like you know. Even if Zack Snyder, like, adds whatever, because he's apparently got more Joe Leto Joker in there and stuff, and I'm like, it doesn't really matter that you're adding this stuff in, because I'm not really, outside of Gal Gadot, I'm not that pleased with, or Jason Momoa, I'm not really pleased with the actors involved. Henry Cavill, he looks like Superman, he's just very bland as an actor in that role. Mm. Uh, when we saw Cavill in the last James Bond movie, he was pretty good. Um, and, uh, what's the fucking, The Witch, The Witcher? Yeah, from, you haven't seen that yet, but I have. He was really great I don't in think that. I liked The Witcher. I started watching. We, you started watching, you didn't like it, but you, you, you're just lukewarm when it comes to, like, those type of films anyway, or series. Uh, you can watch some fantasy stuff, but not everything. But. Yeah. Ben Affleck is Batman. I mean, I, when, when someone explained to me that he played like an older version of Batman that was kind of broken down and it was relying more on technology, I kind of understood it. Like it made a little more sense in that, 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 that world that he mm -hmm. put it in. But I still wasn't that impressed with him as, as Wayne and Batman. So it, like, it didn't really blow me away. Now, I don't think you've seen Aquaman yet. I, did, I watched that the other night while you were sleeping again for the mm -hmm. second time. It's actually pretty good. It's actually one of the better DC movies they have. Wait, I started watching it and I fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we wanted to love Suicide Squad. Now, outside of Harley Quinn by Roby, uh, that was not very good. I saw Birds of Prey. I don't think you watched that with me either. That was just a uh -uh. That was terrible. So... Now and whoever is doing their trailers is like a trailer master because the trailers <laughs> come out. We're watching Suicide Squad. We were so fucking hyped. You got a great cast. You've got this great idea, and it just kind of like falls flat. Like it, it just 
felt like they were trying to squeeze too much into the story. And well, and that's the thing, because now they have James Gunn, who's done, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing what's called the Suicide Squad, so it's like the sequel to it. The Suicide Squad? Right. Oh, my God. But apparently it's going to, you know, rumor, obviously, it's going to be way better than the first one. The, the guy that directed the first one said that he blamed it all on... Uh, Whoever there is, it Warner Brothers that runs them, I guess. I don't know, but he blamed it on them for all the editing and like the shit that went wrong with Suicide Squad. And I'm like, well, they reshot a bunch of stuff too. We, we That's, heard that yeah. they were supposed to go with a little bit more darker, and then they turned it around for whatever reason, or vice versa. I can't remember exactly what, but you could tell they actually kind of fucked with it too much to the point that it just made it unbearable. Uh, now James Gunn. Everybody's all hyped about it, but of course it's he's done well with the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, so maybe he will bring some life into it, I hope. Uh, I still have kind of my doubts. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about John Cena as one of the characters in it being Peacemaker, being pretty good in it, So, I'm, but I'm always hesitant with, like, wrestlers. Not that I... not that, Like, The Rock is really good, and Batista's really good. They've done things outside of, like, the action hero stuff that like convinced me they can act. I think my favorite movie that John Cena's been in is uh, Daddy's Home <laughs> Two. Yeah. Well, you know, and he might be great in this. Like, I don't know. Um, that was so fucking funny. Yeah, but you know, we'll see what Gunn does. I mean, but DC needs like a serious shot in the arm because the only thing they've ever made um, successful was Batman. Mm-hmm. Like the Dark Knight and the original. Yeah, Nolan uh, not the masterfully original. did the trilogy. I just I love that shit still. But you're right. They have outside Batman. They haven't been able to really hit a home on the Aquaman. You probably need to check it out. It is really good. It's probably the best thing they've got going right now. Um, well, I have no problem with Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. <laughs> you sure don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Anyway, back to the main issue here was you had all these fans crying and whining. So finally, Lady Fabla like just oh yeah, she just Her. she went she got off. Mad. She went off. She's like, "Fuck you! You don't tell me what I want to like. I like what I want to like. And if you like what you like, you like what you like." So it was just kind of a funny. It's only like seven minutes. So if ever you're on the YouTube pay uh, channel for Fat Samurai Guy, you can he has it up there. And he, Samurai's just like, kind of sitting there going, oh shit, oh shit, she's going there off. There she goes. There she goes. Preach. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of fun because she's pretty much telling it like it is anyway. Like, she's 100% correct. Uh, there's really no reason for people to get that angry or be that, you know, have any kind of animosity to other fans mm-hmm. or other. Because, or, like, they're even going on, like, Legendary's Twitter and like blasting them and, and like why like there's no point to it none. Uh, if you want to go see Justice League or you think it's gonna be great, fine, do it. You know, I, you and I have our doubts. I don't even know if we'll. I I probably will watch it, but I'm not gonna pay to it. watch it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean it's probably gonna be something that's gonna come to HBO Max anyway, so it's like it's gonna be free. I don't know if you're gonna sit through four hours of it. No. But, I'll probably be the one doing all that because, you know, I suffer through some of that shit all the time anyway. Well, you watch The Lord of the Rings, so you're used to 12-hour movies. Right. Remember that time we watched all of them in one day and I'm like, I want to murder you? That was the greatest day of my life. Yeah, I mean... That's right after I got all the Hobbits, too. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But, uh... 
You'll be glad to know, though, that some people that I've talked to that like Lord of the Rings do not like The Hobbit. Like, they really hate that added stuff they put in there. I don't there. like either one. But they're both excellent. Dude. The only thing I like is... Thor and Oakenshield is like a badass, dude. And his death is like so touching. Like, I was weeping. I like Orlando Bloom. Well, yeah, for all sorts of reasons. And, um... Yeah, you didn't even know he was walking naked on a beach until I told you. Then I was like, oh, gotta go online! Fucking porn addiction over here. <laughs> he wasn't walking naked on a beach. He was he was paddleboarding naked. Shit. I was very happy about that. Yes, you were. Um... What else do I like about um, the Lord of the Rings? Uh, I like it when um, you like Schmeagol. Yeah, I like when 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 Gollum is like crumbsies <laughs> from from the fat one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, we also had a chance to check out a reaction to the Mortal Kombat trailer from the cast of Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. I actually Tasm was one of the ones watching it. Um. So yeah, it was that was like a lot of fun to watch because, as we talked about, like you know they're putting together these movies, actors and actresses, and they don't always get to see the final works because it's done out of order for one. Like you wouldn't really realize it. So I remember the point where in the trailer, where uh, Scorpion is like, you know, he's not in his suit yet. He's just his regular self, and he's you know he's fighting those guys that are killing off his family or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, the rest of the cast, you know, watching this, they're like, oh, wow, because they never saw that, that scene being shot. So for them, it's, like, really exciting. And, of course, the girl we talked about who plays Melina, she's seen a couple uh, snippets of her character, and she gets really excited. She's squeaking, and it's, it's cute, and it's fun. Uh, and that's really fun for them because they're seeing, like, even Tasm, when he's, like, opening scene with the, the gun that Jax has, and he's freezing the he's bullets. He's, like, just, like, shaking his head. Yeah, and Taz was like, oh, my God, it's awesome. Like, he's like, you know, I, I did that part, but that was not there. Yeah, because he's not magical. So. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's magical, man. He's magical. Uh, but, yeah, so it was a lot of fun watching the cast react to that. So if you get a chance to check that out, I know people don't want to watch too much of everything because they don't want to be spoiled, but... It's still the same trailer, so you're not really adding anything new, but just the reactions to it is a lot of fun. I thought that was great for them to do that. Now. Now. We're going to get to the beef of what I'm going to talk about here. I'm picking on Rob from uh, ETN. Yeah, tell now, me about the beef. Yeah, the beef is. So, Rob is funny. I like him a lot. Uh, obviously, he's another one of those YouTube personalities that gets together with Fast Summer Guy when they do reviews and stuff. And But uh, Rob has a pretty big following on there for the ETN network, and... Uh, obviously he's a big Keiju and Godzilla fan as well, like us. So, obviously when the first trailer for Godzilla came out, you know, we all, he talked about it a little bit, obviously with Kong getting some of the upper hand in that particular trailer. Mm -hmm. And then we got the Twitter snippet where Godzilla <laughs> comes in and basically smacks Kong around like a dirty dish rag. And then, of course, Rob has fun with that by picking on the Kong fans, saying, you guys just got work, man, I'm sorry. But uh, after he did that, apparently, like, a lot of Godzilla fans were talking a lot of shit, so Rod took it upon himself to get another video going where he says, calm down, Godzilla fans. Let's not let's not pretend that you just, you know, you're going to win this, you know. So he's, he's like, try and play this fence with everything. And then he, but see, he tried to validate 
his arguments with stuff that I disagree with, and that's why I'm going to pick him apart right now because one of the biggest things we always hear about King of the Monsters is, well, Godzilla needed help to beat King Ghidorah. The humans had to help him. Mothra had to help him. I'm like, okay. It's a team effort. Well, the problem is, Godzilla, again, it, the, the thing is when you point those things out but then for leave out the shit that Ghidorah had help with, mm -hmm. that's when I have a problem because, one, Ghidorah, he's not aquatic. So he, even though he can probably get out of the water and everything like he did, when Godzilla took him down the first time, he was toast. He was going to be done. Done. And then, of course, the oxygen destroyer knocked them both out, killing almost Godzilla and then hurting uh, Ghidorah to the point that he got away. Uh, then we forget when Godzilla is actually again starting to beat Ghidorah down, and Ghidorah sees those little power lines. He's like, "Oh yeah, hmm, let me do a little charge up here." <laughs> he ends up wiping out all the planes, and you know, gets stronger and does all this shit. And then there's another scene yet, even before Mothra gives her a little fairy dust to Godzilla, that Mothra is like throwing her webbing at Ghidorah, sticking him against a building, and Oh, who comes to the rescue? Rodan! Mm -hmm. So he got help, people. Ghidorah wasn't doing it by himself. Kiss my ass, Rob. Stick to the facts, brother. Stick, stick to, to the, the facts. facts. Just the facts, man. Fake news. Yeah. So Now, I'm just picking on Rob. I love him a lot, do I do? And uh, it's not that he doesn't have any valid points, but I just, I hate when people kind of avoid that by saying it well, you know, because the, the big issue, of course, is how is Godzilla, or how is Kong going to deal with Godzilla? Well, we know that Kong has this makeshift bone axe with a scale of a titan that allows him to protect himself from Godzilla's beam. And, uh, obviously, Kong's going to have some help by the humans because he's, like, their savior, basically, at this point, because Godzilla's gone off the fringe. You know, he's got those... Or has he? Well, it's been... Well, see, I can't say anything because you don't want me to say I don't... That. Yeah, I, okay, don't, don't. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll just say that we know that Godzilla is pissed off about something. And he's kind of gone off the rails. Mm -hmm. uh, and Connor, of course, is brought from Skull Island because they need to be able to, to handle what's going on with Godzilla and everything. So, we know there's a third party out there doing whatever they're doing. With Mecha Godzilla, we know that Mecha Godzilla's in this somewhere. Um, but if people are obviously, in, when I said it before, like some people agree with me, some don't. Like when they sh when they did this trilogy, they really should have did it to the point where you had two two thousand fourteen. Mm -hmm. Should have did Godzilla and Kong, mm -hmm. and then did King of the Monsters. I think that's the order it should have been. Um, but since they've done it this way, they couldn't just go in and say, well, you know, Godzilla really is like a very big nuclear plant. He'd probably kick the shit out of Kong easily. So in order to make this movie entertaining, we have to give Kong a fighting chance. And that's what they've done. They've created this, this these ways that Kong can kind of keep up with Godzilla and his power and everything. And that's what they've done. And that's fine. That's what you're going to need to make this movie interesting and, and keep people engaged because if you don't if Kong is just somebody who can get wiped out in the first five minutes and then why like, are you going to watch it right so that's the thing so even if Kong is getting help 
if you're going to point to the whole Godzilla and King of the Monsters stuff where he's getting help, well, we just got to remember that Ghidorah got help, too. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Ghidorah really is the toughest opponent Godzilla has ever faced throughout his entire series of movies. And, uh, but even in the past, like, you know, Ghidorah has usually had, like, a little buddy named Gigan who usually hangs out with him. So it's not like Ghidorah's always the one that's doing it by himself. He's not. Like, it, it just, he does get help. And even in King of the Monsters, he got help various different ways. So it's easy to say each monster probably, as you said, they, there's a lot of teamwork involved. I mean, we have certain monsters that are Earth's protectors and some that aren't. Uh, Ghidorah is toast, but we know he's there's something with Ghidorah that's involved with Kong, so we know this. But uh, it just in regards to Rob, and I'm going to leave it at this, is that you might be able to break it down as far as, as far as how Godzilla got some help here and there, but you don't leave out how he got there because there was a couple times that Ghidorah should have been wiped out long before the end. So we know that because the facts are there, brother. The facts are right there. All right. <laughs> you said the facts are right there. <laughs> I'm going to fuck with Rob. All right. Well, here's songs from the Black Spirit by the Middle Division Radio Radio. Promotion. Yeah. You got that? Got it. Second beer in. Got it. Good. Songs from the Black Spirit, Avalon.
looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you would find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you out. DJ Nubis and DJ Neko back with you, Metal Time Radio, Hordes of Chaos, episode 105. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're getting ready to get into our rock block. Got some Captain Naysayer, Minutian, Planet Epiphany. Actually, I discovered them or checked them out based off Nuno Lorenko because he was. Nuno? Yeah, he was talking oh, about them. So they're a pretty cool band. I like them a lot. Got new Serenia in there as well as Neko's Pick of the Week. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is Aborum's kicking it off. And this band is kind of interesting because you remember Dane Sherrock, mm-hmm. who we know from the forums again. We're nerdy like that. We've known a lot of people that we've met. Now, we haven't met Dane in person yet. He's from Australia. So haven't had a chance to actually meet him in person. Really cool guy, though. Hope he's doing well over there on that side of the planet. But he's always introduced me to different bands over the years, especially early on. Like, he isn't as active on the forum as he used to be, but bands like Ruins of Beverest is some, a band that he introduced me to initially. Uh, and Aborum was another one. Uh, but Aborum has their roots based in, like, industrial black metal, but now it's kind of progressed into more of, like, industrial goth rock or somewhere in that vein sort of like uh, secrets of the moon but i was listening to a new record and like even though it's not like gonna make my best of list like it was a pretty big record but uh there's a lot of songs in there i like for what it is i really enjoy it like it is a far difference from where they came but uh where they're going they seem to have found some sort of magic i guess because i i enjoyed it a lot really i think you would actually like the album a lot um so you'll get a check the check chance to check out one of their songs here cool uh i still have to get with your ipod and put on a couple albums on there so you can start checking out some of the stuff oh, it's that still like. in it's still on the ipod cradle in my uh car that's from 2011 which has the again dj anubis is really into keeping everything and I've kept my car this long, so it has an original iPod plug. So it's, and the Bluetooth in it is so old that it doesn't work with any of the new devices, so I had to get this like little Bluetooth adapter to plug it in. But we, he kept um, one of our iPod nanos from back in the day, and what Anubis does is he'll load it up for me and when he did his best of show he loaded everything up onto that little iPod and what's cool about I mean I thought it was the bomb diggity when I got my car 
it had inside the glove compartment, it's a little plug, and you just plug your iPod in, and you can control it from the radio. <laughs> now the car's so old, if sometimes the radio, like, the display goes away, and I have to, like, bang on it to make it come back. <laughs> so anyway, I'll get around to doing that, because um, I want her to be able to keep up on what's going on throughout the year. Uh, but like I said, we're going to kick it off with brand new stuff from Aborum. Um... This is called Magical Smokescreen. This is probably my favorite track from the record, but like, there's a lot of songs on there I enjoyed, so we'll see how Neko feels about it. All yeah. right.
of life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champion flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Dillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
then I repeat My ship is down and lost Crew are dead, I know I've already said Hopefully someone will hear this message Yeah, and times fast not the pick i would pick but i love this band and when i threw out songs that i wanted to play they all got shot down because my favorite song by the band dj anubis said was too poppy and it wasn't rocky enough so i said fine i'll pick another song which i love yeah, you know, it's funny because she likes a lot of the same music I do. Even a lot of the same bands. But then, like, when it comes to specific bands that she tries to choose these songs for, a lot of times it's the songs that really don't have any edge to them. Like, it's always the more poppy, more popular stuff. So I'm like, I have to, like, get her back, rein her back in. I'm like... All right, let's go. They got a bigger catalog than just that song, okay? Let's let's, let's get something a little more beef to it. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, <laughs> I love this band, Toto. And no, I wasn't going to pick Africa, like every, even though I've loved Toto since I was a child. Rosanna, Rosanna. Yeah, I was going to pick Rosanna. <laughs> and 
I've always been obsessed with Patrick Swayze, and that's like that's his fucking reason. That he, that's like his first little cameo thing that he really did before he became an action slash heartthrob on the screen. And but for this week, I picked "Toe the Line" because it's got some guitar riffs and stuff, and it's not too mellow. But I felt like Rosanna has a little bit of you know edge to it too and it's also really a complex song oh boy that's <laughs> really pushing it but this song is actually just to i want to say honor uh, one of my favorite bands toto and we've got some news about them a little later so yeah kind of fitting and i i also like i i know everybody says this but the whole Africa thing that started a couple of years ago where everybody's like, Oh, Africa, I gotta sing it a cure. How long have I been on the whole fucking Toto thing since you met me? And I don't know if it's just maybe all of us basic white girls are obsessed with Toto, but I just, I don't know how t the song Africa became like such a big thing that Weezer decided that they were going to cover uh, well, Africa. We, it, it was a bigger thing when Chuck started doing it with their little... What was it? Something Jeffster? Jeffster. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't even know how all of that happened. And I don't know. I've always, I'm talking because a lot of these songs came out when I was either a little kid, young, or before I was born. And I just, you know, I, I, I'm sure it was because my mom listened to them. And, yeah, yeah. But this is Toto's Toe the Line. We'll be back. Audio Jump. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome DJ Neko's Pick of the Week.
to Sky Nielsen Promotions, I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions, and you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. She likes the dark. DJ Nubis! <laughs> DJ Neko. Back with you! And as promised, we're going to talk a little bit more about Toto. Mm-hmm. On blabbermouth.net, there is an article in regards to Steve Lukather, uh, one of the founding members of the band, I believe, and uh, apparently <laughs> her cat's starting her shit again. She's being starved, apparently. Yeah, because she weighs 17 pounds. She's not being starved. So if you hear anything that sounds like a cat dying in the background, that's what she does when she wants to be fed, but she still has an hour to be fed. Yeah, she's not dying, trust me. But uh, he talks about how they've actually still been touring and... Yeah, they they picked up with a kind of a new iteration of the band with some new people. Which we see this a lot. Queensryche, mm-hmm. Sepultura, you know, just so many bands like... They fight over, like, Fear Factory, something's probably going to happen with that at some point. Well, too. it was some newer members, and they toured between 2017 and 2019, and he said it was kind of bittersweet, because it, it, it didn't really all end well. But the actual founding members, um, David, um, I'm not going to say his name right, Pike, I think, and... Um, oh. Page, yeah, yeah Page like that, yeah. and Bobby Kimball. They were like the original founding members, and they're both not in really good health. Um, they both have some medical issues, and um, David can't travel, and Bobby actually has dementia. So, oh, wow. yeah, so he's like not doing great. And when um, Steve talks to Bobby, he said like one minute it's like, oh yeah, we're just shooting the shit. But Bobby's a little bit older than Steve, so right. like he's. Um, I guess it's just, he said he's just lived a hard life, basically. He's the one, Steve's the one, or excuse me, Bobby is the one who has done the the vocals on Africa and, uh, you know, right. the whole line and Rosanna. He's the, all I want to do in the middle of the evening is to hold you tight. That's him. Right. So, <laughs> and... She just wa- She just wanted a reason to fucking do that, really. But apparently, um, Steve is also very was very good friends with Eddie Van Halen, so he's oh, wow. like really sad about that too. So it's just been like a, it's been a rough you know couple of years for um, for Steve, and he's the one who I guess has just been trying to keep the Toto spirit alive, and he wanted to keep touring because there is a big market for bands like this like i would go see toto even without the original people like yeah it's a catch-22 i mean we've seen bands before this late in the stage where you know we go and check them out and you know they don't have all the members like rat and all them Mm -hmm. and it's fine um you can't always control like whether the members are still there or they passed away or whatever so like i mean 
you and I, we watched the Journey documentary a while back, and the new guy that's in it, a young kid, like, he's really good. Like, I would enjoy that show because he really sounds like Steve Perry when he's doing his stuff. But then you have other cases like Boston, like, yeah, they're going to get other uh, singers to do that, the backing stuff, because the original guy can't do it anymore. The original guy's dead. Right, so... You know, it wouldn't be the same without the original, but it might be fine to, to make it And Boston work. has been touring, too. I don't know recently. Um, there also have been rumors that Toto was going to do, like, this... There was going to be this big documentary on Toto, like, a career-spanning documentary, past, present, future. And um, Steve kind of, like, shut that down because he was like, um, I was working on a documentary myself. And it had, like slash in it, have Ringo star in it. Um, it also had uh, Joseph and, and David in it. But he said Lee, he said that's the closest thing you're gonna get because there are people who aren't speaking and honestly there's just some I guess bad blood and legalities and lawsuits or whatever. So he was gonna do his own like Toto documentary, but maybe not it wouldn't be able to be, like, career-spanning because there are probably things that we don't even know about that might have happened with, like, record producers. Oh, yeah. or yeah. And he just probably... He wanted to put something fun together about the band and um, his friends. And there were going to be things that just, I'm sure, people wanted to hear about, but he was only going to touch on things that he could speak on and things that like where there wasn't a lot of bad blood um yeah it's kind of tough you know you get like a like we talked about it a couple episodes ago when d snyder was being candid about the issues that plagued twisted sister with him like he was pretty accountable for his own behavior during the times and when they broke up and he didn't get the really mend all the fences he would like to before some of the members passed away so it's like one of those things like you're you're wanting to get out there and do like these documentaries and talk about the band and its history and stuff but you have to kind of leave certain things out because there's still like these animosity and bad feelings involved and of course as you said like you could be uh, liable for lawsuits because if you start talk about certain things or you know like if a certain member wrote certain songs and you're playing like it just leads to a and lot that's, of mess. that's probably part of it um he said though his his project kind of got put on hold because because of covid and sony was backing it so it's something that i think once things get a little bit more normal and i hate using the word normal but i i think once the restrictions kind of ease back because let's be real covid's here just like the flu is here, just like, you know, when... It's not going anywhere. Yeah, when Asia Anytime got soon. SARS and there, there was a huge SARS um, break, you know, outbreak, they still have it. They just take precautions now. Like, I've traveled to Taiwan and through Taiwan and in the airport, and you get temperature screened coming into the country. Like, they just take more precautions now because they don't want... An, you know, a crazy outbreak like they had before, and that's kind of like what I think is going to happen with COVID. We're going to have it, like, and they're probably going to have a COVID vaccine every year 
kind of like the flu because it's it's similar it has like you know the way it runs through your body it's not like you get one covid shot and you that's it it seems like because of the type of virus that it is so we're gonna have to live with it but once the restrictions kind of like step back a little bit and we're able to work in close proximity with other than our household and our close friends and family I think you're going to see some new projects, especially this Toto one, um, kind of come back to life or like the Warrior TV show we were speaking of a little bit earlier. I think things are going to start getting picked back up and I, I don't want to call it go back to normal because I think this pandemic has kind of taught everybody a little lesson like clean up after yourself. Yeah, clean, and... use hand sanitizer. Um, and I think it really, this is the one thing that I, I, again, there are so many things about COVID that I, I'm happy that it brought to the forefront. Like, you know how I've complained for years, if you're sick, don't come to work. <laughs> well, that's, that's American problem because like, they're like, they're, well, you shouldn't come to work, but then if you don't go to work, you get in trouble. Or and, you don't have enough time to cover your absence right. or whatever. And then you get written up and then you don't get paid. I understand everybody's problem, but now that employers are taking illnesses more seriously and now they've adapted for people to be able to do telework more. Now I've been doing telework for years just because I've been lucky with, with jobs where I could rotate in and out of the office. I had a home office telework. I've been able to, and that's just wonderful because I've had companies that made that available. Well, there have been companies that don't make that available to their employees and they just have to deal with it or they work in a job. But I feel like now that employers, not just like, you know, McDonald's or, but even big employers like Sony, like you're making a documentary, like you realize that if you're sick, don't be a hero, don't come to work because now you actually get in trouble for coming to work sick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's frowned upon and you can get, at least where I work now, you can get in written up, you get written up for doing that. And that's, if anything, that's just proving that we are adults and we can work from home and you know i might be sick but like i'm still capable of working i just am in contagious and i don't want to bring it in kind of thing you know mm -hmm. so hopefully when we start ramping things up and it's a little bit more under control i know here in maryland it's a little bit more under control than in other places um just because they've been really strict hopefully we'll get some new material yeah, I got a feeling once COVID, you know, lessened up and doing all that, we're going to see a big resurgence of music and bands and more than what we've seen already. But getting embedded into the music again, uh, kicking off this next block, I just got my vinyl of the new Ruins of Beverass, the Thule Grimoires. Uh, that's one of the albums that uh, Nick will luckily get to check out. All right. <laughs> uh, this is called Cromluck Nell, and then we'll be back.
Come get it. Your lip. Yeah, and John too. <laughs> This is the Retro Movie Vault with your hosts DJ Anubis and DJ Neko only on Metal Tavern Radio. You haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these. Well, what about these two? Well, they suck. These are the same two movies? You weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I appreciate your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. Okay, we're back. We're back! So, this week was DJ Anubis's pick for the retro movie vault. Now, this isn't like super retro, but it is something that we had in our DVD cabinet. We Yeah, I don't think we have like a set timeline. Um... Although, it's interesting about this. This is a 2012 movie, so it's already been almost 10 years since it came out, which is amazing to me. Wow, is it from 2012? Yeah. Um, but, again, going back to our DVDs, we're pretty much watching stuff that we love and that we are revisiting. Because, you know, we're like like with Warrior and everything else, we're always constantly watching new stuff. Like, tomorrow, once you get back from visiting your mom will be checking out new WandaVision so we're always watching new stuff and so it's nice to go back and actually watch stuff and then ironically or coincidentally much like Replacement Killers you hadn't seen Dread which was interesting so this is kind of like two week, two times in a row with me that you've watching films that you hadn't seen before and I, I kept saying you're like it's the one with Sylvester Stallone and I'm like is that the one where it was him and Sandra Bullock you're like no that's Demolition Man I'm like are you sure that was the 95 version yeah. <laughs> uh, this one starred uh, Carl Urban mm-hmm. and uh, basically uh, there's an article on npr.org doing a review of the movie back when it came out and they you know they go through a whole lot of stuff about how the Stallone version uh was kind of like a a critical and financial disappointment um because I think part of it is I don't know what they were expecting when they initially did it but obviously Sylvester was going to try and make it more kid friendly because he was an action star Mm -hmm. and you know all this other stuff which is interesting because when we get to Stallone's later career with like Rambo 4, which is incredibly violent, mm-hmm. which is great, uh, we find that some of these older actors doing some of these movies later in their careers are a lot more different than what they were doing back in the day when they were trying to make it a little bit more family fun, you know? I think, too, though, we're seeing a lot of movies kind of go that way. Mm-hmm. I, our, our stars going that way, especially because... Now that they're a little bit more established, they know that they have a fan base who is a little bit older than what they used to be. So, it they may they may want to kind of please their their fan base and say, "Hey, I know you're not 
15 going to see yeah, you know, Judge Dredd in the movie theater anymore. I'm not like the biggest comic nerd when it comes to Judge Dredd myself. Like, I know who he is, and mainly because of Stallone's work. And now Carl Urban's, but I don't think you have any knowledge of the... No, I, and while we were watching the movie, like, I know they had that little tiny intro, but I was, like, trying to understand, because they were, like, mega cities. It, w- it went from Boston to Washington, D.C., and I'm, like, trying to understand, like, and, and I was looking up that there was, like, a, a nuclear war, and if mm-hmm. you live on the outsides of the city, you're kind of living in the radi... The radiation, and then um, we come to find out that there are mutated people, and a lot of them who live a little bit further into the wasteland, they really get, like, the radiation really screws with them, either from birth or just from living there. It just destroys them. They come out with, like, an extra eye or, like, little stumpy limbs or something, but... In other cases, in other cases, powers, yeah, like, uh, they can be psychics and everything else. And she be um, what was her name in the um, dread sidekick, the yeah, rookie? Yeah, uh, I don't remember her name. But she was she was an orphan, and they lived on the edge, so they were right outside. So yeah, her parents died from the radiation, but she was survived, and of course gained these abilities and. She was basically there to try to become a cop, and she was going to be tag along to Dredd, who is one of the most hard-nosed judges out there, and has a big reputation of being by-the-book kind of guy. And it it is cool because this movie is very action-packed. One of the descriptions was, uh, forget the tie-in, forget the overstuffed schlostic... Schlock static. Ah, oh, fuck it. What are you trying to say? That. <laughs> I've had a few beers. Schlock tastic? Yeah. Stallone movie. Uh, not only is Dread a smart bit of September counter program, of course, this is back when they wrote it, it's a gleefully audacious, visceral, near perfect action movie. And I do agree with that because it's got a lot of different things going on. It's got the whole dystopian look to it. Mm-hmm. Um,. Yes, Olivia Thurlby is the one that plays the sidekick, and then Lena Headey plays the main villain, which was kind of cool. Mama. Mama. And her backstory is kind of cool. And then we were, Neko and I were talking while we were watching it, why they didn't overuse it too much, the the, the drug slow-mo, which is, plays a big part in all this, uh, the way that they utilized that drug and how people felt when they were on it, and like actually died on it like everything was slowed down and like it was just kind of beautiful how they did the 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 cinematography on it all for action scenes yeah there was this one part where you know dread was busting in because they they were called there to peachtree towers and um they're called there to investigate and they bust in to a door and they're all fucked up like they're all um on the slow-mo and they're shooting bullets and it's just like rippling their skin of the bad guys i'm like this is so fucking crazy yeah everything was slowed down the deaths and everything and you know we even you you see it early in the film when mama has to teach a lesson to some people that worked for her and they skin them alive but then they give them the drug first so that everything is like slowed down so it's the torture like, yeah 
and then are thrown over the ledge and fallen, you know, to they're probably much already dead because mm-hmm. they're being skinned, but it's just a horrible way to go when you think about it. And Especially, like, being thrown... It was a huge, huge tower, so for it to feel like it takes and that was an the, hour to fall down there... Well, the, each tower... Uh, like the one that they were in, Peace Trees, was like it held like seventy five thousand people. Mm-hmm. So that's insane. And they had little stores and everything in there. It wasn't yeah. just residential. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It was it was very interesting. Like, so as the movie's going on, I'm I'm getting really interested in in kind of like the whole dread. I don't want to say backstory, but like I was I was trying to understand what happened Persona, and yeah. and you know these these mega complexes and it, i i which is kind of interesting because at the beginning this is probably one of the cons about the movie is at the beginning when his partner is behind the glass like it's almost like an interrogation room and you got the 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 commander and then dreads mm-hmm. there and they're observing her so the commander's like i want you to tell me how many people were in the room watching you and she's able to like project her psychic ability uh, and see that there's two people in there, one's a judge. And if for a moment she's about to go into detail about judge, like she's like something is is controlling him, or, or but she's cut off by the commander at that point. But we never actually revisit any of that. Like we don't get to a point where we find out what exactly you're saying, where judges uh, dreads background. We don't get to any of that, which is kind of interesting because. It would be kind of cool if they had to kind of visit that because we do know that along the way the rookie uh, uses her ability on one of the guys they have arrested, who played by uh, Woods, I believe is what's his last name here, um, Wood Harris, who was in uh, Remember the Titans and The Wire, uh, two things that we really like mm-hmm. a lot, and. Uh, you know, she's able to not only get information out of people like that, but she's sort also, of control the, yeah, the, the she, environment. Yeah, she can screw with his head. Right. So there's a really cool scene where he thinks he's getting kind of the upper hand with her in, in his head, and it doesn't turn out that way. But uh, that's that's an interesting point in there. Uh, the movie itself, like, it's surprising. Like, I've heard recently that they're going to try to do a sequel. I'm just, it sucks that they've wasted so many years doing this. Uh, but I do hope they do, because I thought it was a good entry into the Dread phenomenon and everything else. And, uh, I know that Neko enjoyed it. She was paying attention, because <laughs> I may still pull out this other movie I want to do, because I really want to watch it again. But uh, I do have to be cognizant of her being interested in whatever I'm watching for the reviews because you got to try it. Like, I don't want her pulling out something I'm not going to be interested in, so we have to kind of like... Well, the problem with me, and I do it even with stuff that I try to watch myself, if I get uninterested, I just won't pay attention to it. I'll start reading or, like, whatever. Well, sometimes you're, you're interesting, though, because you'll watch a movie but you're not really watching but then you'll start researching the movie and i think that's great because like you'll start just looking into it and that's what i was saying like when we were watching dread i was like is this a comic book because like there's a whole wiki on the the dread comic book and i i was because i was trying what what first i don't want to say confused me but what i was first trying to understand about the entire um 
storyline was was the mega cities. I'm like they they don't really go into like they say like nuclear war and all, but there's all these. Okay, so this is just me reading from the wiki. Like there was a president which is kind of crazy because the president in the comic is eerily eerily similar to Donald Trump. <laughs> and then there was a coup on the fucking Capitol. Again, very, very eerie and and but the judges were asked to attack and they wouldn't. So then they were kind of seen as the bad guys, so they went into hiding for a while, and then the president did all his shit, and shit got out of hand, and then, like, everything, like, any kind of crazy dystopian, well, it's not, yeah, dystopian-type novel, things start sectioning off. Like, you have Mega City 1, Mega City 2, and then there's certain parts of, um... Europe that are, like, divided, and what I was learning from the wiki was, it literally was, you, if you didn't lit, and these were super overcrowded, people on top of people cities, as we saw in the movie, and if you didn't live there, you did try to live on your own, you have no access to anything, like, no access to water, or housing that unless you bought built it yourself and figured it out but then everything's so radioactive that beyond the walls of the city for somehow like the city itself kind of protects it from the radiation but yeah this president is the one who started these huge nuclear wars and i'm like this is so crazy because it, it just i don't know if if maybe it's just because it just happened with attacking the uh the capital and all, but the judges didn't want to do it. The judges went into hiding because then they were being looked at. And then these judges just got so big and you saw how like it, easy it was that like Peachtree, n- nobody ever went there to, to report crimes or to take care of crimes because like half of the judges were being paid off. Yeah. That's the thing. And maybe one day we'll find a way to revisit, you know, Stallone's version because it, it, obviously, in the comics and everything, Dread is like, it's in his name. It's like, you know, he is feared as a judge. And you noticed it right on when we were started watching this film that from the very early scenes, you're like, oh, yeah, well, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's, he's judge, jury, and executioner. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's rolling along doing a, a chase and he's making, you know, decisions based off what's happening. Like, they hit some pedestrian kill, and he's like, all right, got to shut him down, got to take him out. So he's reporting everything. He's by-the-book kind of guy, but then by the end of the movie, when he realizes that his partner, who has the ability to kind of see through... And kind of feel people, people's emotions, too. Like, you know, she she's learning that it's not always black and white. Like, some of the people that were dying for mama were doing it because they feared her more than the judges so they were trying to keep their family safe so that's what she was learning and and dread just didn't know that because he didn't have the ability to see what they were seeing and but by the end of the movie he kind of like understood some of what was going on and what how important she would be for probably the future of judges and that's what i'm wondering like they left it way open for her to um to be like 
in a in a sequel or to see how she did or mm -hmm. the future of of the rookie. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, and the funny thing is it, with Stallone's version versus Urban's is. Even though in Urban's version of Dread, we we do know he has a reputation, especially with the cops that come later, who know who he is and you know how hard ass he is. Uh, in Stallone's version, he's automatically automatically feared by everybody. Like he's just king top badass. Like, uh, but in that movie, obviously you have a comic relief like Rob Schneider, who is a sidekick through most of the film, and that's that's the difference. Is there's not as it's not as serious, not as um, violent as what we saw in this and whereas in Stallone's version it's basically him trying to clear his name because someone has framed him for a murder um, it's different in uh, Dread with Urban because it's just basically him going in and getting caught in this big building locked down with this rookie uh, trying to survive and that's really what it is So, it, it, but that you saw though Nobody wanted to help them, or when they did, they're just like, yeah. And it's because all of the judges that ever responded to Peachtree, they were being paid off by Mama to let her just kind of deal with her own shit. I just, I honestly found it really fascinating because there's so many levels to this. Um, you've got the gangs, you've got the really poor people who live there. And they're, you know, clearly you've got 75,000 people living in a mega tower that is controlled now by this, you know, drug lord mama. Some of these people, they feel like, you know, they're more loyal to mama than they are to the law against... That's why they had no qualms about trying to go up against the judges because mama protects you. This is mama's house, you know. Yeah, I mean, she, they, they explain it along the way how she came to power and where she came from. And she, you know, even the guy that she has running all the hacking and electronics of the building, uh, she had him in fear all the time. That's how she was able to control mm -hmm. him. Um, but the interesting thing about this film, and I, and I know you noticed it too, was as it was going along, Mama was like, Every time she thought she kind of had this edge, like she really thought, oh, it's just a couple of judges. And there's that moment where they have the Gatlin guns and she's just ripping through like the other part of the building. And then she's like destroying the building and killing like her just own people. Her own people, uh, residents who were caught in a crossfire. She doesn't care. It's just she's that crazy. But then like there's this scene after where you have all this smoke and dreads come back from the outside because they managed to find a little safe spot to get away from the bullets and the fire and he grabs her second right hand man and immediately tosses him over to his death <laughs> and walks away like it's no big deal and she's just like left there like what the fuck have I got myself into with this guy because this dude's just as crazy as I am and and that's the beauty of Dread like Dread is just the guy that just he lives and breathes his job like that's what he does and he's gonna take you down whatever the cost um so yeah i just it was a really enjoyable movie i, I mean as much as we're talking about we we dug it and yeah. i never saw it and i can't believe i never saw it and sometimes what happens with me is 
I'll see like one preview, maybe if we're going to the movies or something, I'll be like, yeah, and make a mental note, but then it's like, I never get around to watching it, and I know when I was traveling a lot, you had a lot more time to kind of catch up on movies and stuff, and for me, like, I don't, even <clears throat> when I'm out there, I know you like to make fun of me and think I do absolutely nothing while I'm working out on the ships, but... I say it jokingly, because I know she does work. But... When you're done a 12-hour shift, a lot of times, you know, I, I try to go to the gym and then just get something to eat. And by the time I do that, I, you know, I need to get a shower and get to bed. So usually I'll just pop something on while I'm in bed and I miss half of it. Or I'll put something I've already seen on so that I don't feel, like, invested to watch it because... Why would I, you know, why do I want to keep myself up even later when I know I have to get up in a few hours? But that's the downside. Like, I feel like, you know, you've caught up on a lot of things that we might have said, yeah, we're going to watch it. And I just never got around to it. Well, that's true. When you were away for like three years, you know, like for most of that time, that's all I did. Like, I, you know, I went and watched movies. And, of course, I found a lot of like stuff that I've gone back and got DVDs for. Uh, some that Neca would think are incredibly bad, but for me, I enjoy them because of just the nostalgia part of it, or I think that they're good in their own certain ways. Like, I have certain films that I will watch that Neca's like, what, why are we doing this? This is the same thing that Lady Fatblow would say to the samurai, and, like, that's the point, though, is that there's certain films, if I take, like, Gene Rollins' uh, The Iron Rose, which is a very slow-plotting, atmospheric movie. But I like it because of that. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's not action-packed. It's not even really horror. It's just dark and sort of macabre-like. But there's just certain aspects of certain movies that I really like. And, you know, Neko likes her brand of movies, regarding whatever they are. It's mainly series most days, like Sex and the City or whatever. I will always love Sex and the City. I've loved that Gilmore since Girls, uh, Mad Men. She's always been big on a lot of those kind of things. And, and I find I can enjoy parts of those. Like, Mad Men has a lot of neat things about it. Same with Gilmore Girls and Sex and the City. I, we went and watched one and two the movies in the theaters, I think. I don't think out. you went to see one. I know you went to see two. two. yeah. It was a girl thing, and he decided he was going to tag along with all the ladies, and he's like, this was actually kind of funny. The show itself, like any other, like most shows, they get a little redundant because you're kind of falling back into certain things, and the main character for Sex and the City will just recycle her behavior, and, and I, obviously the makers of the show do that because the appetite for the show is there. People are watching it. So, mm -hmm. so they're going to keep doing that until they can run out of steam. And I get it. But, like, for me, I'm kind of like, okay, we've been down this road with this particular char character, Carrie, and I'm like, she's just either really the dumbest person on the planet or to try and make money off of us by letting us watch this a hundred times because it's the same fucking scenario, just a different year. I belong to the Sex and the City subreddit, and we all, like, Carrie is... In, in season one and two, you're like, wow, you really like her. Like, you really, you feel for her. She's really... Well, each of the characters have things but, that you but, like. But, like, Carrie but. becomes more annoying. She becomes more selfish. She's not really a good friend, if you think about it. It's always about her and her problems. And I, um, 
So, but the thing is, who's who's an actual perfect person? She, you know, her friends love her for a reason, and she's so. But I like watching her because she is flawed and she's not perfect. Oh yeah, and that's sort of the point they're all trying to make in the long run is that each of those characters involved or have their own sets of flaws and their own good stuff about them. But either way, it, it, as we go along with these, you know, movie reviews that we're doing, uh, I may still go with that movie I was going to plan on going with. Um, I just have to see if the time is right and if she's ready to watch it because she's probably got to psych herself up for something like that. But I don't know. We have a lot of stuff on our list that we want to get to. A lot so of fun for, stuff. For me, I did a comedy last time. So I'm trying... I kind of want to do um, one of my favorite movies for the next time. It is a classic. It is something that they're rebooting into a TV show. They rebooted it once. They're rebooting it twice. Um, I'm pretty sure you can figure out which one I'm thinking about. Um, <laughs> it's when I say it's one of my favorite movies, I am like, I watch it a lot and that probably people would think I'm deranged because I watch it, but it's, it's a thriller horror type movie and what pop it in right now and watch it. Like we've both agreed though, he's not going to force any Lord of the Rings on me and I'm not going to make him watch like Mean Girls. So yeah, you know, it's, it's like. I like Lord of the Rings, I like Harry Potter, but, like, really I've kind of, like, watched them so much that I don't need to revisit them at this point in time. Maybe five years down the road, <laughs> I'm just being exaggerating, but a lot of the films that we're going to be revisiting is just stuff that we've had for, like, well over 15 years. Like, Dread, even though I got more recently, <clears throat> I knew, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I knew she hadn't seen it, so I knew it would be a pretty good pick. But, you know, we've, we've talked about stuff like Joe Dirt coming up. Um, those are movies, Napoleon Diamond. Those are movies we haven't seen in quite a while. Oh, yeah. We, see, I was thinking about Joe Dirt, but I'm like, I already did comedy. I want to do Something a different. thriller. Okay. And we're, that's what I'm going to do this week because, you know, I was practicing my best, you know, Last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, definitely check out Dread if you have not seen it from 2012 with Carl Urban. It's, it's uh, as the uh, article states at the end, it's savage, beautiful, and loads of fun. So check it out. It's verified by Neko and Anubis. Yeah, verified fresh. Yeah. And I actually I'm glad you brought that up because I looked at their... Uh, Rotten Tomato ratings. It really is verified fresh by the audience and the critics. Yep, critics had 79 and audience was 72. I'd give it more like an 8 or 9 for myself. I don't know, what would you rank it out of 10? Probably like an 8. I mean, I'd watch it again, definitely. So that's... But it's... It's something fun to go back to. Like, it's fun and it's, it's really good action and really good story uh -huh. and... I mean, but you know, like, what my 10s are, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this isn't a 10 for me, but uh, it's good enough for me to own. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, critics have it, like, almost at 80%, so it's close to what we mm -hmm. want. Yeah, 8. So, all right, well, let's get back into some music. Uh, kicking off the next block, some Go Preacher, Diseased Bastard.
Jackie here from Battle X, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
We come into Inity, Interstellar Debauchery, that last track. I love that last track. When it came on, I just looked at you, I said, this is good. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. Some good shit, yo. It's good stuff. All right, well, we're about out of here. Hope you enjoyed. God, man, I don't what know. A, you need, you get, how many beers have you had? Because you've been home longer than me. Four. But it's the good a stuff. It's a good stuff. He is such a lightweight, and maybe it's because I drink so much wine, and wine is just generally... It's like water to you. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it was very... So, little backstory, Anubis likes his Hefeweizen, and um, it's been out of stock at our favorite liquor store for a while, and he likes his very specific brand. And um, he talked to them the other day, because he got me some more of my wine, and he got... Um, what, what are you drinking? Bitburger, too? Mm-hmm. So he got some of that, and then he was talking to the clerk and saying, oh, you know, you haven't had my beer for like a month. When are you getting it in? And I guess the distributors have been out of stock. So they said, oh, we're getting a shipment tomorrow. He's like, please put it to the side. I will come and get this. And they did. They put a whole case to the side for him, and he went and picked it up today. So... He's very, very happy, and I had a, I had a sip of it because I haven't had it in a while, and I'm like, wow, this is very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> so when when is our next sloshed and mosh gonna be? Because I know that we could definitely tear up some alcohol, and you know what we need to do? I told you that new that, and it's a big liquor store too. Um, I hate using the word liquor because it's not just liquor. It's it's beer, wine, spirits. It's it's a very large store that just opened close to my mom's house. We should probably go there in person and be like, all right, let's pick some things that we haven't had before. Because, yeah, they have your, you know, go-to staples, you know, Coors Light, Bud Light, whatever. But they also carry lots of other things that's kind of like our our favorite liquor store they're one of the reasons they're our favorite is because they carry anubis's favorite beer but they also have curbside pickup again one of my favorite things invented in covid is ordering online and parking and having it put in your trunk junk in the trunk so today wow we, we covered so much entertainment news. I don't know if you realize that, like, 90% of what we talked about was movies, television. It's all been, like, entertainment news today. And these are fun things to, like, li- think about because now that we're hearing more entertainment news, it means that more things are going to be happening. Well, get ready because, you know, in about a month... Uh-oh. Or two, Uh-oh. with Godzilla and Kong and Mortal Kombat coming out, we're really going to be mm-hmm. ramping it up because you remember what happened when we did the Godzilla review after I saw it for the third time and you the first time. <laughs> I know. you. He went, I, He of course he wouldn't wait, but I was like out when the Godzilla versus um, King, of the King of the Monsters came out. And I really, 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 really wanted to see it, but I was out and I didn't come back until a couple of weeks after it previewed, which kind of, or premiered, excuse me. And I was, it's kind of good that way because you kind of miss the crowds and we got, you know, we got, went to the place where we have our nice recliners and stuff. I think 
even with COVID, I'm going to go to the recline, and this will be April anyway, so it'll be a couple of months, and by then, hopefully, you and I will have our vaccines, and my mom will, that's my biggest thing, is I, I want to make sure my mom has her fucking vaccine before I do anything a little bit ridiculous, because I'm always around her. Right. You know, I, I don't, do, we don't generally we just listen we don't but we're not like covid scared we don't like oh you must sanitize before you come in our house but we, we just i just don't do anything that involves super large crowds and even at my my work like our dividers our cubicle dividers are very tall and we're all wearing masks and they're you know lower a lot of people are teleworking so it's less people etc cetera, etc cetera. i will even if i don't have my vaccine by april still go to the movies to see Mortal Kombat. And when is Godzilla and Kong? March twenty sixth or thirty first. One of the one of those two. Mm, I might I might I might still do that. Oh, I'm going to. Like it's well, and, I don't and see- the thing is we'll get to do it if if possible, we get to do it both in theater and on HBO Max. So that's the great well, thing. Well we already subscribe to HBO Max, so I'm fine with that. So I mean if it's to the point where we can't go into the theaters at all, then we'll just have to suffer and do it at home. Well, we'll fun. do what we normally do is we'll go on like a Wednesday night over to that one theater where it's kind of quiet and you reserve your seats. That's the night. That's another COVID thing. You reserve your seats in the theater and then they purposely will like not sit anybody within six feet of you. Yeah. So. Again, COVID sucks. It, it, it has taken a lot of lives. People, I've people have gotten very sick. But the ingenious things that we have come up with as a society, I'm like, this is like elevating my laziness. I, I just, I can't with myself sometimes. I'm like, we're just gonna pick this up. Home Depot. I was like, mm, just pull in curbside pickup. You're like, what? I was like, yeah, just pull in. They'll bring it out to the car. It was insane. I love it. I love it so much. And I am really happy that... And when everything's back to normal, she's be like, I still want curbside. That's one thing I said to a friend of mine. I'm like, I really hope that all these cool, like, the, the you know, the neighboring restaurants and stuff have come up with really good ideas to keep themselves working and all. But I really hope that it, it sticks because not just for my laziness, but think about, like elderly or disabled people who this is just a a super convenient thing for them i mean if anything out of this pandemic what we have gotten are some really innovative stores that are like here i will still provide my service to you and you will still be able to get things from us and i i just i really hope some of that stuff sticks around because i love curbside pickup yep All right, well, appreciate all the tunes sent to us by our labels and friends and promotional sites. Yes, yes. I hope you enjoyed the topics, and we will get back to you next week for a new... Oh. Oh. We are going to try to see if we can get an interview with Ian uh, from Prestismio, the band that we had uh, played with. Oh, yeah, I like them. He's still interested in doing an interview with us, so we have to try to set that up for next week. Uh, anywho, I'm going to slur over myself You're here. you slur some more words there? As we get to our last track. Ignited from Metal Devastation Radio Promotion. It's called Ignition. Hey. See you all later. 
Anubis out. Oh my god, really? Really?